Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at charis.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you for the privilege to hear your word. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. You sent your word and healed them of all their diseases. The man said, only speak your word and my servant shall be made whole. Your word is a word of power, word of healing. It's light, it's food, it's water, and it's everything to us. Speak your word clearly to us and let us encounter you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last week I spoke about how Satan has an agenda and his primary and first agenda is to attack God's word. Alright. So Satan's primary agenda is to attack God's word. Because if you have God's word, you'll be sorted. If you've got God's word, you're actually sorted. And so what Satan can do to jeopardize your future, your laughter, your peace, and keep you in bondage is to take the word from you. So in Genesis chapter 3, we see from verse 1 how Satan came in the form of a serpent. Because the serpent is subtle, is cunning. One of the characteristics of Satan is his cunning. He's a deceiver. Satan is a deceiver. That's one of his names in the scriptures. There are several names in the scriptures for Satan. One of it is, is a deceiver. And he loves to deceive. Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more cunning. Let's all say cunning. cunning. Say it again. Cunning. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which God had made. And he the serpent said to the woman, has God indeed said? Right, the first question ever, ever recorded is to question the trustworthiness. That word, I'll come to it later, not today. The trustworthiness. All right. So to question the trustworthiness, authenticity of God's word. So her first, first question is that has God said, right? Has He said you shouldn't do that? And the first thing He did was to to generate, create doubt. So remember, doubt. Say doubt. He 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 will be fine as long as He can get you to doubt God's word. (laughs) Satan will be fine. As long as he can get you to... So listen, doesn't matter how many demons are, are cast out of a person. If we don't teach the person the way, the demons can come easily. It's, it's not a problem. They will come back. So 
It's the word of God that secures your future. And Satan's number one agenda is to cast doubt, to question the integrity, the trustworthiness, the reliability of God's word. So to make you doubt God's word. Hallelujah. So he said, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He actually changes the word in there. God didn't say every tree of the garden. God actually said you should eat of every tree of the garden. He said, has he said you should not eat of every tree? He didn't say that. He didn't say that. So number two, he tries to make you doubt the word of God. And then number two, try to distort God's word. So from, we can clearly, clearly see that Satan wanted to distort the word, twist the word. Has God said you shouldn't eat of any tree of the garden, every tree of the garden? But God said you shall, you shall eat of every tree. So he first of all distorts, and Eve also jumps, on, jumps in with him. Eve changes the word in three ways. Number one, let's look at what Eve said again. Um, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruits of the tree of the garden. What did the woman say? Now, flip your Bible to chapter 2. Let's look at it like we did last week. Chapter 2, verse 16. What does it say? Saying, huh? Of every tree. Of how many trees? How many trees? What did Eve say? You may eat of the fruits of the garden. He, he, she left out every. She, she took something out. She left that out. All right. You may eat of every tree of the fruit of the garden. And then what again did he say? What again did Eve say? You, you may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat. All right. God said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. So she added touch. God didn't say touch. But she, she added that uh, you shall not touch it. So she takes some out and adds some. In our modern day, you know, sometimes you are not allowed to say some things in spite of what the Bible. Actually, the church is not supposed to be saying some things. So some some. Ministers of the gospel have to adapt their style to be culturally very sensitive and relevant because the culture, a modern day culture, does not embrace some things. So sometimes ministers are pushed to want to stay away from things like hell and sin. They don't really want to mention someone will go to hell or there is the reality of hell. Or sin. And so, I remember I was at a, on a course some time ago, years ago. Christians were encouraged that when you go out and you are winning a soul, someone comes to Jesus. Don't be quick to say that when you are leading the person to say the sinner's prayer, don't, don't tell the person to ask God to forgive me of my sins. Don't tell the person to say I'm a sinner. Because it may be offensive to the person. 
may be offensive to the person because, I mean, your boss just gave his life to Christ and he said, let me pray with you. He said, tell your boss that, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I mean, they think you're, you're, it's, not, it's not seeker sensitive. It's offensive to the ears because of our cultural moods. But the point I'm trying to say is that Satan always desires for us to change distort and leave some things out. But you know what I discovered in 1 Corinthians? I found out in 1 Corinthians that it says that, chapter 1, it says that the gospel we preach is foolishness to some people. So you don't have to sound, you don't have to seek to sound intelligent. Do Do you understand what I'm saying? So long as what they define as intelligence is concerned. If it means being different or variant from what God's word says. Stay away from that. You see, so you don't have to sound, you don't have to have, you don't have to try it, attempt to sound intellectual. You don't have to attempt to sound very popular. It's not necessary. You don't have to attempt to sound very, very wise. Because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 downwards, it says it clearly. The, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, to us who are saved, who are being saved, is the power of God. Yeah. In the verse 24, but to those who are called, both the Jews, is the uh, verse, that, so let's go to verse 22. Let me show you something from verse 22, particularly. For Jews request, request a sign, and Greeks look for wisdom. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. That's what we preach. The Jews, they want a sign. The Greeks, the intellectuals, they they want wisdom. Something that sounds, you know, intellectually powerful. That's why nowadays most of us pastors have been pushed like we have to always bring out some new revelation. Something very powerful. You know, something that people haven't heard before. So that it will make us sharp. It will make us look very intelligent. So we can appeal to the minds of listeners. People don't get converted because their minds have changed. They got converted because their hearts have been affected. And the word affects the heart. Before it begins to transform the mind. Any heart that has not been affected and changed uh, by the word cannot produce a transformed mind. Praise the Lord. So Satan, first of all, tries to make us doubt, make you doubt. And then the next thing, try to distort God's word. So, okay, even if you don't doubt it, really, God can say that everybody will be going to hell. uh, So many, I mean, thousands of people don't believe Jesus, they will go to hell. That's what the word says. Jesus himself said, yeah, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, I suppose. He says that um, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Enter through the narrow, broad is the gate, the way that leads to destruction. And there are many uh, who go in by it. Many. Many, say many. Many. Yes, yes, yes. Majority carries the vote, eh? Okay, many. The majority who are carrying the vote are going to hell. God has never worked with majority. And he's never bothered about with minority. He's always worked with his intentions and his word. So if you're on God's, the side of God's word, you are safe. 
So he he distorts the word and makes you know God can mean this. Then the next thing he does is not just distorts the word. Look at it again. This is very interesting. Then the serpent verse four. Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will not surely die." In fact, the woman left something out as, as well. I didn't say. So the woman said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Then the last thing is, they said, lest you die. You say, God said, you shall surely die. She said, lest you die. She make it softer, milder, you know what you mean. Hey, yes, you die. <laughs> say the way it is. Leave the word. It may sound foolish. The Bible says that, but we preach the cross. Foolishness to the Greeks is the, and to the Jews, a stumbling. It makes them rather stumble. But he said, but for to those of us, verse 24 of First Corinthians chapter, 8, to those of us who are saved or called, it is the power. He says that, but to those who are those of us who are called, say called. called. Oh, come on, say it again. Called. I can't hear say it again. To, to those of us who are called. What it is. But whether Greek or Jew, it doesn't matter. You see, 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 you are preaching to the Jew. And normally Jews don't, they want a sign. So if you preach the cross, it will become a stumbling block for them. And you are preaching to a, the, the, uh, the Greek. And normally, Greek wants something intellectual. So if you go and preach the cross, it's foolishness to them. But the Bible says that, but amongst the Greek, there are some who are called. Yes. Amongst the Jews, there are some who are called. And those who are called, when you preach the cross, they respond to it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Those who are called... The Bible says those, those he foreknew, he also yes. predestined. And those yes. he predestined, he also called. Yes. So those who are called, he says, for those who are called, both you and Greek, Christ is the power ah, yeah, 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 yeah. and the wisdom of God. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So she softens it, softens it, softens it. And then the next point is that... Um, Satan said in the verse 4, you shall, you shall not surely die. What, happens, what does he mean by you shall surely die? Don't mind him. You shall not surely die. <laughs> Deny her. Deny that the God, the God, that cannot be true. Denied it outright. said, you cannot die. Denies it. He denies God's word. And then he said, oh, I am the Lord that healed thee. Do you think God can heal you? God can heal you of this sickness. Hey, let's forget it. And then number, the, so number one, doubt. Number two, distort. Number three, denial. <laughs> number four is, is defamation. Defamation of God's character. I said God is trying to keep, pull a fast one. So you can keep, that's why I say you should give your tithe. He's, trying to, he's just trying to collect money from you. <laughs> this, I, I mean, I don't know how many of you have, uh, the number of you who, are, who have not heard this, you hear people saying that all these people, they are just after your money. They tell you the church is after your money. What have you got? Read the Bible. Jesus, when the poor woman came and gave her all her money, Jesus, they said, oh, please come and take it back. Jesus just left it there rather to tell other people that you should be doing things like this. <laughs> so when they make statements like, oh, poor people's man, someone doesn't have anything to eat. And then look, the poor people. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> it's so important to understand that Satan will try to distort God's word. 
and defame God and say that God is trying to cheat you. Can you imagine? Listen to what he said. He said that, um, verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. God is trying to keep something away from you. He doesn't want you to be married. He wants to be trying to keep your marriage away. That's why he's telling you don't go with that boyfriend. That's why he's telling you don't go and live with that girl. He doesn't want you to be married. Look at your age. Look at your age. You want to follow God? <laughs> so, he will say that God wants to hurt you. He wants you to feel that God is not for you. God is not, they say God is good, don't mind. God is not really good. If I mention of God's character. It's very important. So, and then the last one is, they say you'll be God. It gives you, it's like you, you want deity. You also now become God. We're on our way already to becoming like him in sons. Because Jesus Christ came that we can be like him. He came to take man into God. But Satan was trying to Go ahead. Praise the Lord. Now, quickly, let's look at Revelation. I want to explain a few things about. Say, the Bible is God's word. The Bible is God's word. Say it again. The Bible is God's word. Say very last time, louder. The Bible is God's word. Right, that's that's where we are all de- dealing with it. So, watch this. The reason why I took my time to say about say all this is just to let you know, Satan likes to attack God's word. So if he's going to attack God, so where is he going to attack it from? He's going to attack the Bible. Mm. All right. Now, but why is the Bible the God's word? That's where we, this whole thing is going. Bible, because then if you know, but see, some people we believe it. That's why we say. It. But then sometimes you have to understand why it is so. Why are we saying it? Some people wrote this. All right. So it's very important. Christians, uh, as time goes, I'll try and take my time to explain the authority of the Bible, yes. the infallibility. Say infallibility. These are very strong theological words. Infallibility of the scriptures, inerrancy of the scriptures, and then the inspiration of the scriptures. So I'll, I'll go into this morning. I don't think I can go into inspiration, but definitely unless we have gone inspiration, if I don't go on inspiration of scriptures, the scriptures are inspired. The word of God is inspired. This is called the word of God. Not the words of God. The word of God. Webum day. And that's the Latin. Webum day. Not weba. Webum. Webum day. The word of God. Not the words of God. This doesn't contain the words of God. This is the word of God. There are two different things. No, it just contains the word of God. No, it is the word of God. But not everything inside is clearly from God. It is the word of God. That's, what we, that's the exercise we are going on now. But first of all, let's go systematically from Revelation. Say Revelation. revelation. Say it again. Revelation. revelation. Now, the God, if God exists and God cannot be seen, since he is a spirit and since there is no scientific apparatus, scientific method that can pick up God, all right, or can discover God. How then can you know that there is God before we even talk about His Word? See, this is the problem when people say, I don't like theology. 
What do you mean by you don't like theology? You need to like it because everything about your belief hinges on your the- what you know, theology. So you got to know. Oh, please, I'm just need, I just need a miracle because I, I, the, the problems I'm going through. I, uh, Satan, can, if it's a miracle, Satan can give you a miracle. And after giving you the miracle, you have sold your destiny. So you must know what is not from God and what is from God. And in the first place, if you say, I believe in God, who is God? All right, but that's not my topic now. Because there are a lot of people who say, I don't believe in God. Some of you have heard, seen too many people who say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. And they don't even have any hardcore, strong evidence. Because someone has told you, we don't have to. So they are naively, foolishly say, okay, me too, I don't believe in God. Right now, you be, uh, being a believer, you must actually know why you also believe in God. Not just okay, uh, in my church we believe in God, so that's all. No. Bible talks about in First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. It says that be ready to give and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. You must be able to tell somebody. This is why I believe God's word is true. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so. Two ways to find out, to discover God, to find God. It, theologians call how God has revealed himself, is called revelation. The word revelation comes from a, the Greek word apocalypse. Some of you have heard before, apocalypse. And usually it conjures images of some strange movement. Apocalypse is simply re, uh, the Greek word for revelation, which means that to uncover. Uncover, that's what revelation is about. Now, God cannot be taught. God is revealed. So we have two types of revelation. We have general revelation and special revelation. Let's all say general revelation. General revelation. I can't hear you. General revelation. Say special revelation. revelation. What's general revelation? According to, uh, ah, this is nice, man. Oh, are you ready for this? According to Psalm, one, Psalm 19, 1, 9, verse 1. Shall we all read it together, verse 1? The heavens. Let's go from your Bible. Let's go. If I may show his handiwork. Alright. What declares the glory of God? The heavens. And the what the firmament is, what do they do? They show. Has anyone got a different translation which renders the firmament show his handiwork differently? The skies. What do the skies do? The skies display his craftsmanship. You must really be intentional and blind to just say you don't know there's God. Because I said the heavens alone. The heavens display, all heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Everything created points to the fact that there is God. So nature tells us about the God of nature. You don't need to look beyond nature. Look at nature. It will tell you there is a God behind nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is called general revelation. It's so general. Romans chapter 1 verse 8. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness who surpass. Go to verse 20 now. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his what? What What's the meaning of invisible? You can't see. So you can't see God. But his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Very interesting. His invisible, you can see. He said, are clearly being understood by the things that are made. So when you look at, listen, hey, I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. Listen to this. Everything created points to the fact that there is God. Anything you can see tells you there is God. Your shoe is a fact that there is God. It tells you, it's pointing to the fact that there is God. 
That's your shoe. Tells you, it's a statement to you that there is God. That your nice dress, your car keys, your, your home keys, the key is pointing to the fact that there is God. Nature points to the fact that there is a God behind nature. It's called general revelation. General revelation, it is in other, uh, in other theological circles, it's called immediate revelation. Say immediate. immediate. What's the meaning of immediate? Now, what's the meaning of media? Media means means. Okay. So we have the print media, the electronic media, means. Means to transfer information. Okay, media. So immediate. You don't need any means to know. You don't need any other things to know. Everything tells you that it's God. So it's an immediate revelation. You don't need someone to now teach you through it or tell you that. And looking at creation tells you there is God. It's theological circles is also, as I said, immediate revelation. And then we have the special revelation. In immediate revelation, cosmos. That's what we read. All heavens declared. Cosmos. When you look at the firmaments, when you look at the galaxies, everything tells you there is God. And then when you talk about uh, when you talk about even nature, if just the human being, there are two uh, physical, the physical human being tells you there is God. When you look at the human being, hey, we are so complicated and complex. And not just our physical existence or physical look or physical being, even our psychological makeup tells you that we are very complex. Our psychological makeup, we are very complex. It's a point, it points to the fact that there is a God. So it is a very that's why it makes sense when the Bible says that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. Because it takes an intentional blanking of your intelligence. And you can it doesn't matter how you choose to call it. You can slap something else on it. But if you are going to be very truthful to the facts, then everything points to the fact that there is a creator. So as I normally say, the argument of atheism, atheism is not an intellectual argument because if you are going to use intelligence, it's too obvious. It's a moral argument. Because as soon as you admit that there is a creator, you must also admit that he has his standards, he has his requirements, and you must be accountable. And because people do not want to be accountable, they want to shy away from the issue, run away from the issue of sin. If they say there is God, then sin is valid. That's the whole thing. That's why it is. It's not about, oh, I'm very intelligent. No, it's not you are very intelligent. You are very immoral. <laughs> it's an issue of morality. And so as soon as, why, do, why, 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 why don't, haven't you realized how atheists particularly are so mad and upset about the church more than any other religion? They, they can't stand the church. And everything they want to pick on the church. What does the church say about it? Why is the church saying it? Why is, the, why is it that everything they want to, they want to, the church to accept the other religions, they don't touch them. And then we have special revelation. Say special revelation. special revelation. And the special revelation is what God has given to us in his word. All right. Now, nature, okay, the revelation of nature points us to the God of nature. The revelation of the Bible points us to the God of redemption. 
So, if you want to know more about this God, which we can see in nature, actually, and I think in, in Acts chapter 17, verse 27, Paul even mentions that. If you want to see more about the na- God of nature, you have to go to special revelation. And listen, all revelation about God is contained here. Anything outside of this is not of God. Let me put, let me put it in another way. Every preacher or any preacher who teaches or preaches and doesn't base his point, his message on God's word, in spite of the fact that he may be genuine in his heart, what he's doing is he's busily eclipsing God. So in in a modern day church, a lot of the time, God has been eclipsed. Not intentionally, but unintentionally most of the time. And sadly, in a very gentle way, we may end up preaching so many things without actually revealing God. And anything you preach that does not reveal God is worth the, the, the rubbish. It doesn't matter what it seems to promise you or can do for you. So every, every teaching must be based on God's word. Every teaching must be based on God's word. Accurate interpretation of God's word. Special revelation is from scripture. So all scripture is given to us to see, to see the, for, for us to know God better, know him closely, and to also know his redemptive plan. This is not a history book. All right. This is not a history book. It is a book that reveals God and his redemptive program for humanity, his intentions. So we have special revelation, general revelation or immediate revelation, and we have special revelation and special revelation. No, I'm not revelation. I'm not talking about when you go and sleep and then something is talking to you. Oh, I heard it. I heard it. No, please, 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 please. Those things are all subject to everything the scripture says. Because the Bible says that we have a sure word of prophecy. This is the sure word of prophecy. And the word of God changes us. Quickly, to finish on the the subject of revelation, so that next week we can pick more on the heaviness of God's word, the strength of God. Subject of revelation, there are a few um, things I want you to know about revelation, which is the, the characteristics of revelation, the attributes of revelation. Number one, there are four. Let's write down now quickly. Number one, for a, a revelation, the, the attributes of revelation. Number one, it is necessary. Say necessary. Say it's necessary. Particularly every revelation, but particularly about a specific revelation, it's necessary. He said, your word is a lamp onto my feet and a light to my path. You need God's word. It's like, like I quoted last Sunday, Psalm 119 verse 19. He said, it, it talks about how I'm a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. I need your commandments just like a sad nap. You are in the middle of nowhere. Your sad nap goes off, both on your phone or in your car, wherever you are in trouble. You're trying to raise your children without the sad nap? You are trying to run a business without... You think that bringing your children to church, you are doing the church a favor for attendance? No. And don't leave them to Sunday school teachers. After church, make sure in your uh, at home, read, 
The Shema. The Shema. The Hebrew is called Shema. The, the, the greatest of all the commandments. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, 7, 8. Starts right from verse 4 actually. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be where? Shall be in your heart. Go to the next verse. Watch this. And you shall teach them diligently to who? Your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. What should you talk about? Talk about God's word as well when you sit in your house. Talk about them. Shall talk when you sit in your house. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise up. It must be a culture in your home. Sister, bro, it must be a culture in your home. Get the word in your home. It's the Satan that will guide your children and your life, your marriage into his destiny. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even your business, running your business, you need God's Satan. Yeah. Yeah. You need God's Satan. And then when you go further from verse 7, it's interesting when you go and read it again. From verse 7, verse 8, he's telling you that tie it on your hands. Put tight on your forehead. Put it, you shall bind them as a sign on your, on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. See here, when the miners are going to mine, where do they put their light? Usually there. He said, put it there. That's what should guide you. The word of God should be central in your life. Then you know you are safe. Do you understand why the devil is trying to distort God's word? Trying to keep God's word away from you? Because therein lies your safety, God's word. So as long as he can get the word of God from you, you can't have faith. You will only have mental projection. You can't have faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. He says that, so tie these things. Let the word of God settle in you. In fact, in Colossians 3.16, talk about the word of Christ. Dwell in you richly. It's the thing must enter your system. Then your future is saved, safe. Then your future is secure. Then you, are, you can talk about how you know that tomorrow is safe. So revelation is necessary. The word of God is necessary. It is necessary. Let's all say it's necessary. It's say it's necessary. it's necessary. Shout it. Second, revelation is, uh, has authority. So the, the attributes of revelation, necessity. Number two, authority. Say authority. I'll go into that a bit more next week. And then number three, clarity. Clarity. It must be clear. You must know. You just, it, it has it. You, this is what it's trying to say. Why would, would listen, 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 please, listen. Even in Germany, even in Germany, those who travel from overseas to go and study there, they have to, they have another course. You have to take German lessons, the language, so that you can understand. It's just, because why would I come and teach you in Cantonese, when you can't, you don't understand it. Right. So I don't mean that God that will speak to me in some other language I don't understand, uh, drop it. Yeah. <laughs> Scripture must be clear, yeah. God's word must be clear. Yeah. It's clear. Oh, I, some of us we all know that even the, the most erudite of scholars, of theologians, can't still understand certain texts yeah. because it's, God's word is very. Deep, so I can understand. There are some things Peter, Peter said that Paul wrote some things which are hard to understand in Second Peter chapter three verse seventeen. He said Paul wrote some hard things in his text which are said they are hard sixteen and seventeen. They are hard to understand. So it's okay. I understand that. But when I say it's clear, what I, what we mean is that the basic message of salvation 
The basic message of scripture, its basic message of salvation, faith, and, uh, 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 and the love of God is so clear, a child can read and understand it. Yes. That's revelation. The revelation of God, is, it must have clarity. And so it must have its necessity. It has necessity, has authority, clarity. And then finally, the revelation is it's sufficient. Revelation 22, verse 18. Say, if anyone adds to it like Eve did, <laughs> or anyone who takes away from it, say, God said, I will deal with the person. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And then what, verse 19. Verse 19, what does verse 19 say? And if anyone takes away from the words of this, the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his parts from the book of life, from the holy city, <laughs> and from the things which are written in it. It's interesting. Leave it the way it is. Don't add to it. It's sufficient. Say scripture is sufficient. Say the scripture is sufficient. So the revelation of God given to us in scripture is necessary. The revelation of God given to us in scripture is what? It's necessary, it's authoritative. All right, it has the authority. And then, so when the Bible says something, please, it settles it. Doesn't matter who doesn't agree with it, it's authoritative, settles it. And then, um, the, the revelation of God given to us in Scripture is what? It's clear. And the, the revelation of God given to us in Scripture is what? It's sufficient. And then, some theologians add one or some others don't, but it's beautiful. Someone shout hallelujah. Did you receive something? Lift up your hands and let's thank God for his word. Let's thank God for his word. Tell him that God, I want to even know you more through your word. I want to get closer to you through your word. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.